So here's the question. When the rules we've been operating by have burnt us out and the hamster wheel is keeping us awake at night and stuck, how do we, as expert entrepreneurs who want to make significant impact but just can't take on one more thing, grow our businesses and teams, double our revenue while working less? That's the question. This is the Business Habitat. I'm Sam Dean, your host, and this show explores the answers. Stay tuned and enjoy some brave conversations. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Business Habitat. I'm Sam Dean, your host. Super excited to be here today. I'm going to talk about you today. You know, when I'm kind of recording this, it's the 14th of March, uh, 2022, and this year, particularly around, you know, in Australia and, and around the world, has certainly been one as the last two, three, four years have, have been is, is throwing challenges at everybody. And I think one of the things that has really stood out for me over the last three, four years, but certainly even before that, is how little we work, look after ourselves and that we are really the biggest assets in our lives. And I think we need to start thinking of ourselves that, that, that. And I've been thinking about this frame, particularly for you guys. Obviously, most of you are experts in some ways, and you certainly have a look at, you know, what an asset means. Now, an asset actually means the definition of an asset is a useful and valuable thing or person. It is an item of property owned by a person or company regarded as having high value and available to meet debts, commitments, or legacies. And if you think about our lives, we are the key to that. We are the middle part of that to bring value to ourselves. Don't like the word owned in that definition, but it's just straight out of the dictionary. But we need to meet our own debts, commitments to our family, our business, and everybody. And and right now, probably more so the world at large and our communities. And, you know, hopefully if you have children or it is your aspiration to leave legacy far after that we've gone, we are actually the assets in our life that does that and particularly that. So I want to really delve down on that. In episode 81 and 82, I kind of identified that the one of the reasons I think that we are suffering from leadership fatigue syndrome is this lack of education for leaders, particularly for business owners in the professional services areas around leading ourselves and being that. And this is an extension of this, of of how we can actually frame that and look at how we can actually maintain ourselves and build our value over time when we do have so many um, conflicting things and maybe just shift the thought a little bit and maybe looking at us as, as assets, which, you know, a lot of us deal with balance sheet assets all the time. We're always building business assets. You know, one of the ones you um, for our business is the podcast that you're listening to here. Most people's biggest assets will be their homes and then any kind of either property investments or superannuation shares or, or that sort of stuff. Sorry, super is a vehicle, not an investment itself. And how we look at that and how much time and money and effort and energy we spend on increasing the value of our normal assets and little time we spend on ourselves. So really um, want to explore that with you today. If you want to pop back to episode um, 81 and 82, but this is certainly a standalone in itself. So I really want to kind of 
throw that out there and challenge everybody to how much time we spend on ourselves as our biggest asset, because I truly believe that we are our biggest assets. And we're certainly the only asset we can actually control, even though sometimes, certainly in my history, sometimes I didn't know if I could totally control that. And when we're looking at most assets, we're kind of looking at, and I'm going to use a metaphor here of of your house. So if just think of your biggest asset right now, I'm going to assume it is your house, either your residential house or an investment, but it could be, if you don't have a house, it could be anything else. And I want you to think about how much money and time you spend on researching it and growing your business investment in it. When you actually bought it, and I hope you did this at the time, if you didn't, you know, have a think about this, but you spent quite a lot of time understanding what the foundation is, the area that it was in, what would be the opportunities later on, or, or, you know, making sure that it was structurally and foundationally sound. And if it was in a um, geographic area that you would like to live live in and, um, you know, continue your time. So these are some of the questions. Then with your house itself, do you ever let other people borrow or hijack it and take it from you time to time? Do we clean it up regularly and actually make it look good and much more habitable to those who live in it? Do we treat it to a paint or some TLC when it's looking a little bit tired or sick? And then the next one is a big thing for me, which I'll draw down in a moment, is do we actually let any poisons or toxicity seep into it? So, you know, if it's next to a fuel station or do, you know, are we aware of that mold in the air conditionings or whatever that might be? So we spend some time on that. And the last thing is, do we have a really good understanding about where the power of that house comes into what drains it the most and what costs the most money and time. For instance, you know, air conditioners for us are big power drainers. So we spend time saying, when should we have that on and off? And what are the best times so we can save money? And I can tell you from my own personal experience, I knew more about what it was to grow my house value and to save money and time around knowing my house, so where the power leaks were, where the expenses were, how I could pay the rates off better, all of this sort of stuff. I certainly had a very deep knowledge of that and any other assets that I may have. And I could argue I actually even had more assets. I knew how to grow businesses and pull all the levers. So very much on that sort of value side of dollars and really only thinking um, of that. But there's one thing in all of this, in all of the habitats and stuff that we live in, that drives all of this, and that is ourselves. And particularly as you get older, some of the stuff that we do starts to devalue ourselves, whether it be our energy, our actual health and our bodies, our minds, or whatever the really important parts that you consider the most value part of of yourself or your uh, mental and emotional well-being. And they're all very big things that are affecting us at the moment. So what I want you to consider there is just take a moment to think about that. Think about yourself in the context of how you would think about your assets and how you would actually look after your assets because you are your biggest asset. And one of the biggest things that, of course, drives us as our asset. And, you know, obviously we are a 
income producing asset as opposed to a long, um, we certainly are valuable over time, but we don't kind of, you know, we do kind of leave the earth at the end, if you like, and then we would require other assets to take over from us, whether that's the influence of our family and our legacy or our actual investments that we've left to our family or, or whatever that may be. But really as an income producing asset, we need to consider ourselves what is that income and it's not dollars. It is an aspect, of course, we are the one who will earn the money for ourselves going forward. And if you want to see some astronomical numbers, just time your income earning capacity and what you've done over your, uh, what and potentially what you can do over your lifetime and you will see you are actually your biggest even monetary investment. But that's what not what I'm talking about today. The fuel that really drives us and the fuel that we need to be very conscious of is our energy and to grow ourselves and to become very aware of how we can actually build up or deplete that energy. You know, one of the things that I'm seeing particularly work when we do work in the aligned leader, which is really about aligning the leaders up, um, yourselves up to where you want to go, is that a lot of the time the individual leaves themselves out of this equation. And without you, without sort of spending a whole lot of time of understanding the asset of yourself, it really does fall short. This episode is brought to you by The Aligned Leader, a six-week program built to combat the leadership fatigue syndrome so you can grow your business without the overwhelm. So I want you to think about a little exercise here. I want you to go back to the the days when we had old T accounts. You know, yes, I will always forever be an accountant and I will always forever use the T account as a metaphor. So one side you have the debits that increases the value um, of the asset um, or helps the asset. And on the other side, you have the credit. So down the debit side or the left-hand side of the thing, for those non-accountants out there, because I know not a lot of you are, What brings your energy up? What are the things that perhaps bring you joy and leave you energized during the day? These don't need to be big things. For me, it's having dinner with my kids, you know, things like that, that kind of either replenish energy for me or bring my energy levels up or make me feel a little bit more relaxed. So make me feel a bit better. And then on the other side, um, I want you to say the things that deplete that energy and take it away from you. And I'm not talking there about things that, you know, you're working really hard on a job, but you love that job and you get lost in time and you might get a little bit fatigued at the end of the day because you're tired. What I'm talking about, things that drain you. On that side, things that the mere thought of it right now exhausts you um, and you get that real heavy feeling about it. You feel a bit sluggish doing it. You feel you've really got to push through it. And it's not just today because you're feeling a bit tired, but it's all the time. So just have a quick crack at that. Write down again on the left-hand side, what are the things that help you and bring you up and increase your energy? And then on the right, what are the things that bring you down? You can even say who, and you know, don't spend a lot of time. We're going to go a bit deeper in this a little later on with um, prioritization stuff. And I don't want you to talk very tasky here. I want you to be a bit more high level. So what mine might look like on the left-hand side, I will have, you know, one thing that really ensures that I have more energy in the day is that I get up and I spend some time journaling and I spend some time with my horses. And that's really important. And if I have to do during the day, I'm feeling a bit tired, which I just did before I did this podcast, I'll pop down and spend some time. If I'm out and about, 
going into a coffee shop where there's lots of people because I'm an extrovert. So that re-energizes me. Now that could actually be in a negative side. I'm sorry, in in the downside for others, you know, if, if you're more introverted. So they're the things that sort of lift me up doing content, even doing the podcast. This stuff kind of brings me joy and I I like sharing this information. So that's there. You could put a food or or anything on that. And this is food that long term (laughs) decreases your sluggishness. It's not a sugar hit in the afternoon that then you feel sluggish after or a... um, a lot of red wine in the evening, which used to be my thing. And then the next day you'd feel, you know, very slow and sluggish. So just to have a think about that. I don't want you to get to a complicated, small stuff that finds you joy. And as I said, on the other side, on the credit side, people that you're not looking forward to having conversations, um, stuff like that. So what we're trying to find there is... Um, a few things that you can increase your energy easily with or decrease your energy with. So then I want you to have a look at the simplest thing there, the quickest thing, and add one of the things that bring you joy and increase your energy to your day, and then see if you can take one of the ones that don't after. Now, if you don't have anything that's easy to either subtract off or add, maybe go through and find um, a few more that can do this. because. Starting to really start thinking of yourself as an asset and start um, looking at the ins and outs of this is a longer term project. Then you can take this same um, same exercise and expand it out. You know, over the weekend, feel a little bit better. Maybe even have a a vision to your account. And I just find this kind of looking at it for some of us more pragmatic experts. Looking at it in this frame, a frame that we're very used to using um, when we're increasing and decreasing um, normal, what we would call normal assets, it's a really good way to do it. And so one of the last things I really want to talk to here that I just actually know for sure what affects my energy and the things that drive me as an asset is toxicity around people. So you, you heard me mentioned a little bit time, I mentioned it in the metaphor about the house around poison and, and stuff like that. You wouldn't let that in. And toxicity and toxic behavior um, and toxic people around you tend to do that too. So I want, and then the reason for this is I've actually now got the data, which I'm going to explore in a future podcast in a couple of weeks around the fact that the great resignation that you probably all have been hearing about um, I've certainly mentioned it before with the leadership fatigue stuff in 81 and 82 that there's an article coming out from Sloan MIT. I actually heard this interview initially in Brene Brown's Dare to Lead podcast just last week. So Brene Brown actually interviewed Donald and Charles Sull, who are actual the authors of this toxic culture is driving the great resignation There's a lot of data and research coming out of it. It's worth a quick look and I'll be drilling down on this a little bit more as well. But the five, the five things that actually lead to the prediction, if people will leave in an environment or that they will become disengaged from environment. The top one is toxic culture. And by toxic, it means, you know, disrespect, not heard, lack of diversification, no rewards, no performance, etc. And then the next one, there's five of them. And the next one's job security. I won't worry about the five. But 
the top one of toxic was 10.4 on the scale. The next one down was 3.5. And then the, the, that, so at the end of the day, people feel disengaged from culture of businesses and will resign. That's basically three times more likely than if their job is insecure, they failed to actually get rewarded for their performance. There's high levels in um, innovation and the job place itself had a poor response to COVID. That is a significant gap. So when you read the, when I've read the article, it really does say that the putting toxicity around you affects us as humans and, and the asset of us as humans a lot. So one of the biggest things that you can do, and of course it's one of the hardest because it does, is actually start to remove toxicity. And even if you find very good coping mechanisms and stuff, which I early on did work around, it wasn't until I actually started removing, because the, the toxicity seeps into you regardless, regardless of how well you feel that you deal with it, still seeps in, it still wears around at, at your foundational asset. I mean, it certainly is kind of the slow seeper in that debit and credit when you're looking at how you actually balance out you as an asset and, and your energy that you want to increase. So I would really, you know, from a personal point of view, I'm going to talk about this a lot more from a team point of view as well. But just as a leader, a leader and, and just as a person, be aware of what toxicity, how it affects you and um you know, now we're getting some data through to see just exactly how that is and what a big effect it is. So just um, rolling it up there, I really, if you can just start treating yourself a little bit more like you do your property or assets and have that mindset of investing time, effort and money and energy into seeing, you know, so you can grow more, that you understand where you're in, the energy of it comes in and out. Do as many things as you can to increase the energy coming into the asset to help it grow and then start whittling away at getting rid of everything that drains it. I promise you that you'll find more joy and have more energy going forward, which will keep the asset that is you, which is so important to your business habitat, your communities and everything around us, you know, going forward. And so and I promise you that I have experienced it myself. I didn't quite know sometimes what, what that was doing. I constantly work on that. I do the debit credit thing all the time just to check in with it. And it's really powerful thing to do. And it's just a mindset shift. This is about trying to find a way to put yourself central that you feel comfortable and that you can live with. The debit credit might not work for you, but you might be able to find another way. And I don't mean making yourself selfish because that's a big thing for us experts. We like to, the biggest return on investment is actually helping and connecting with others, but spending, but without spending the time and the research on who you're going to actually expend your energy, time and emotions are, the return on investment can be actually negative. So it's very important to really use that in and out return on investment. How much time am I putting in? But just remember when you're looking at normal investments, how much time you do on research, getting to know them, watching them and doing that and spend exactly the same time in anything that affects the asset of you. Thank you so much for that. We are running the Aligned Leader at the moment. I'm so excited about this program, six-week program that we delve into and and 
create that alignment for individuals to keep themselves aligned. And this is one of the exercises that we do. We take it a little bit deeper, obviously, and you'll be pleased to know we either, um, even put KPIs and everything around it as well. But it's a handy little exercise. Would love you to jump on, have a quick look at that if you could. The link is below. Check it out. Any feedback um, is always welcome. Thank you so much. And as always, be brave and continue the conversation. Thank you so much for your time. We work super hard on this podcast and are passionate about helping expert entrepreneurs build businesses without overwhelm. To help us, can you please leave a review if you loved it on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform?